You're listening to Creative Voices. This podcast is sponsored by and recorded on location at Tree Bark Store in White Cullen, County Galway. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Voices. Tonight I'm joined by Eric Henley Flanagan. Say hello, Eric. Hi, Jeff. Good. I'm good. I'm glad to be glad to be invited to talk to you on the podcast. Ah, it's fantastic. Um, I know we talked about this for a while, so it's great to actually have an opportunity to do this. Absolutely, and I'm uh, I'm stepping into big shoes with with the coming behind many of your previous guests. I know, yeah, and given our, our own personal legacy for radio, I suppose you know it's we can only hope for a bit of an improvement. <laughs> we won't we won't mention that. No, we won't talk about that. So, uh, Eric, perhaps you could take a moment to introduce yourself and let everyone know what you do. Yeah, so I suppose I'm I'm kind of I, I wear a number of hats, um, but predominantly my background is in marketing. Uh, I would have worked with a lot of hospitality startups. Um, and I suppose why you're interested in talking to me is with creative uh, enterprises and creative individuals. So I've worked for a number of art centers and uh, artists as well and arts collectives over, over the years and currently working with uh, visual in Carlo. So uh, that's the kind of a short synopsis of what I do. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. And I suppose maybe uh, a brief insight into what your current role is might be a good indication of what we'd be talking about. Yeah, so uh, as I kind of briefly mentioned there, I'm, I'm currently working with uh, Visual in Carlo. So it's a it's a multidisciplinary art center. Um, it's the largest white cube space in Ireland uh, in terms of height. So um, in in scale, it's it's a big operation. Um, so I would work with um, with artists, with musicians, with uh, right right across the spectrum with theater groups, um, and, and basically make it getting their kind of maybe their ideas to fruition, essentially getting them, uh, a lot of them would be established artists, but even start, um, you know, new artists, getting them established and, and getting their name out there and, and getting their, whether an exhibition or event in the public domain. So I suppose it's fair to say that given the day-to-day basis, you may not know exactly who or what you might be working with. So you need to have a fairly broad understanding of the creative spectrum. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, you'd in terms of the from a from a let's say a visual artist point of view, um, you have with a curator and and she works on, uh, you know, she'd be working eighteen months to you know two years in advance of of program. I wouldn't be looking at at, at that far ahead in terms of of from a marketing point of view. I'd be looking at kind of on a six month to a year rolling basis. Um, so you generally. Uh, I might know the artists that I'm that I'm going to be working with. You generally you get some information, and then you start doing kind of research around them as as individuals or, or, or as as artists, and just getting an understanding of, of what they do. Um, because uh, a lot of these things, as I suppose we've spoken before about kind of marketing, it's 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 really around getting giving an authentic voice and and telling a story. Um, so that, that's what you're doing. So it doesn't matter if it's you know your business as as a tree bark store or whether it's an artist or whether it's your corner shop and the methodology of it is the same from a marketing point of view. And I'd wonder that uh, the association that people have with the word marketing might be a fairly standard point of view. Maybe artists don't tend to think towards that that much, but I would imagine given this day and age, it's, it's very much important and something that must be embraced and in fact would lead them to the correct kind of audience for their particular uh, art, I would imagine. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's a hard space for, you know, for again, kind of in the broad sense of for creative people. And I suppose that's kind of you work with a lot of creative people. You're a creative person yourself. Creative people might not tend to be the best people at selling themselves. 
um, and and marketing. You know, I, I suppose people kind of merge the, the the role of marketing and and the 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 title of marketing. I suppose people roll in advertising, PR, in under that umbrella, but but they're quite different things. So your your store, um, you know, it's very easy to put an ad in in your local paper or on the radio on the radio on, on TV or whatever. That just sells. That sells your product or sells um, your store, but it actually is not telling the story of what you do. So that's where kind of setting up a, a proper marketing structure is where you're you're actually telling. It's, it's very easy to sell something to someone, but um, if you're not giving an authentic voice of what you're doing, uh, you you might just sell it to them once and they not return to you again. So it's the same thing for for artists and for you know other creative people. Uh, as I said, they might necessarily be, you know, knowledgeable on, on, on marketing or have that kind of business acumen. Um, but it is really, really important to, to get themselves set up and, and established, um, and basically, you know, sell themselves. And, and, uh, it's probably the hardest part for, for, for creative people, you know. I, I think a lot of creative people would struggle with that because they just want to do what they love to do and maybe even feel that any sense of, marketing themselves feels a bit false from what their point of view might be but I think you've hit the nail on the head it's it's very much that people want to know someone's story at the moment and if they are interested in them they will want to find out more and perhaps be involved with them on a regular basis well I mean I, yeah and I suppose it, it's it's if you take take off the the title of marketing if, if it's someone that's doing it self self-generated or kind of you know particularly someone who's on the start of a career or has has changed careers and, and you know they don't have a big budget to go out and hire someone to do it. Um, I'd always say, look, don't think of it as marketing. Don't think of it as anything else except giving your story. I mean, Irish people, by definition, we're, we're storytellers. We love stories. We love to share stories, you know, from you think of your, your local pub from the high stool is, you know, stories being recited on a, on a nightly basis. Um, majority of them not in fact uh, but put still their stories and <laughs> um, so it's, it's in our DNA to tell stories um, and essentially I'm, I'm probably doing a disservice to, to marketing people and demystifying it all but essentially that's what marketing is it's just telling the story and telling it in an in authentic voice I, I would agree with that I mean part of my uh, motivation to this particular project was something I'd worked on in the past in my photography business where I had spent time working on what I called Art of the Craft. I'm sure you're familiar yeah. with that. And it was essentially yeah, yeah. spending time with creative people, photographing what they do, um, very much focusing on the handwork involved and then trying to write that story afterwards. And I found the more time I spent with people and the more the projects I did, I needed to start to record the conversation so I could make notes afterwards. And writing yeah. things down and giving a note just didn't, convey the same sense of what we'd found during the course of our conversations and I found the best aspect of that was listening back to those talks to make notes and you know what this is where the the real goal is because people become uninhibited when they're in their natural environment of what they love doing and they're willing to talk to you and you'll really sense and feel the passion in that situation you know absolutely and and look I, I've listened uh, to all of your fantastic guests you've had so far on the podcast and to hear them discuss their passions um, and, and, and their, whatever their field that they've gone into creativity, uh, creatively, I mean, um, you know, that, that's essentially, again, they're not, they might necessarily be on it to talk to market their, their product, but they are, that is what, what they are. And that's, that's their sales pitch. And that's, 
you know, that's what people want to hear. Um, and so I suppose it's, it's about kind of transferring that passion and that knowledge and that interest into the channels that, that suit you best. So, you know, if, if you're on, you know, I know you use Instagram regularly, mm. you're using Facebook, mailing lists, if you're using, um, you know, if you've, most people now have, have a website up and running. Um, and I think that's where, Maybe creative people might might overcomplicate it in the sense of a, of a website. You have to go right, you know, think of the person that's visiting your website or visiting your Instagram account or your Facebook page or what, however, whatever touch point uh, people access you as a, as a, as an artist or as a creative person. Um, and you just have to make sure that it's authentic. I, I keep using the word authentic. It, it is you. It represents you, and it, and if feels like you but it also has to give the information very very clear so the amount of times that i go on a website or you know an instagram account to go wow well i love that person's work you go up there's no link in the bio bio so i'm like okay i don't i actually have no idea how to contact this person mm, um i want to yeah. i want to email or i want to ring them i'm on the road quite a lot so i want to ring someone um so it's just stuff like that i mean that's it's kind of common sense stuff but uh you have to look at it in two phrases you look at it one who you are and what your product is and you know uh, be able to be able to just tell that in a, in a that tell that passion you have for it and why you're doing it and also who your your customer or who is your audience um and it's it's and marketing is a good marketing essentially marries the two because you don't want to sell to someone that isn't your audience um and you don't want the tone to be not matching who your audience is that yeah. makes sense yeah that's uh, no, that's a good point and you, as you said earlier on, work with a very broad spectrum of people. So mm. have you found that it's difficult to develop a knowledge of such a wide variety of art? Or is this something that you kind of delve into in your own personal time as well? Um, I suppose, I mean, right across, like I, I've worked um, in, in different kind of fields. And said I've, I've worked in the kind of marketing field for the last 15 years, but I've worked with completely different industries and different types of business and different types of people. Um, so you, you generally you're, it's, it is about research and it is about looking at, um, you know, who the person is or, or the, the, the product is. Now I'm not referring to artists as product, but, uh, it, the, the methodology again, from my own point of view will be, will be the same way. You, you do, you do have to do a lot of research. You have to look at, um, that, that person, if they have, uh, if it's, if it's a, let's say a visual artist where they've exhibited before, um, kind of any press coverage they would have got before their own output, any kind of blog posts that they have. Um, and again, going back to what you've said about, you know, when you were doing, when you were doing your previous project, it is a really, if you can get some sit down and speak to someone and let them tell their story. And once you get that, um, it's a lot easier to, to work with. And it's the same thing as you would do. I would have done it. Uh, before when I would have worked with um, startups and, and small businesses where you'd sit down and, you know, they'd hand you over all this point of sale material. Oh, this is the brochure we did last year and this is what we did for something else. And I'd say, Brand, tell me about the business. So tell me about you. Tell me about why you set it up, why you still are working at it. Uh, you know, what, what drives you? And that then should really kind of dictate as, as to where you go from, from a marketing uh, marketing point of view. So as I said, it, it's, 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 well, you might be different industries and, and different kind of people. The process is quite similar. Um, and you kind of take the same approach. But do you find then as well, as I often find with self-employed people and with creatives in particular, 
sometimes, even if they're a good storyteller in general, the hardest story they find you tell is their own. Especially Absolutely. when you ask them about their own business, you know? Yeah, I mean, and, and I think it's possibly, um, again, it's possibly an Irish thing, while we're great storytellers in, in many ways, we're uh, quite self-deprecating. So um, we're not a great um, nation for kind of bigging ourselves up. Um, and we tend to actually, anyone that we find talking highly of themselves, there's a bit of that kind of the Irish begrudgery where we're going, who's your man thinking you? Well, you know? So um, there is that and, and you kind of, whereas you go to, and I suppose it's, we're kind of, we're generalizing the stereotype and you go to other, you go to states where it's kind of, it can be inbuilt in people to, to you know, sell themselves and, and, you know, talk only positively. Um but uh, yeah, so it, it 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 is that it's kind of hard to kind of I suppose draw that out of of someone. So if you're working again from if I was working it from a consultancy point of view, um, you kind of generally do that over over coffee or do it kind of very informally, kind of get chatting to someone, and um, they they won't launch into a big spiel about how successful their business is. You know, it's it's generally oh, it's you know it's doing all right, it's grand. You know, that, that's the kind of the start of the conversation. But you start getting nuggets again once you start getting talk talking to someone, and once you kind of you you, you you get that little snippet of you know, oh, you mentioned you know your dad or your mother got you interested in this business, why? And then that's when you know the true story comes out, or or that the passion comes out. No more than sitting down chatting to yourself of. of down through the years of, of the different projects you worked on and, and the different jobs you worked on and it's really about getting kind of that that passion there you're doing what you're doing because you love it and uh, you know it's not because it's a quick book it's not it's not about making easy money because yeah. you know as, as a self-employed person you could, you could testify that there's easier ways to make money um, oh very much so you know but uh, you know, but that's that's not what the part, that's not what drives you, and that's that's and that's a great way to be. You know, yeah, no, that's true, that's true. And uh, I know we both had similar backgrounds and experiences in hospitality, which I do find is a, a strength when you're dealing with people. That sense of having to overcome the discomfort of never knowing who you may deal with is probably a, a good asset when you're yeah. dealing with artists who may, you know, have very different or very strong personalities. Absolutely. Look, I think I think, uh, and I'd always see it now from. When I get CVs in, I always have a lot of um, time and respect for people that would have worked in hospitality or retail because, you know, you deal with people sometimes at their best and sometimes at their worst. And depending on how people's days have been, you know, yourself working in hospitality, um, you know, they may they may take that out on you or or otherwise their form mightn't be anything to do with the service you provided. So you just have to kind of grin and bear it and and and, and deal with it and and kind of hopefully make it a good experience. So it's the same, you know, it is really, really good grounding. And I've always, um, I've always appreciated the fact that I did, you know, work in, work in hospitality and, and work in retail and gave me huge grounding for, for dealing with, with various, with business owners, artists, musicians. Um, everyone has their kind of quirks and her different ways of, of dealing with things. And, and it's, it's definitely, uh, definitely stood to me and, and no more than yourself, you know, have, having that background. Ah, it makes you definitely more comfortable. I, I find it even transfers across to my photography business, especially on the wedding days, that ability to be used to able to manage situations and manage people when you're trying to get mm. the best out of the day for people. You just learn to uh, work around situations, whatever they may be. And you, you, you yeah, essentially, I mean, physically, you're in, in hospitality, you're working on your feet. And, <laughs> and in a sense, you know, it, 
that kind of being able to think on your feet again, where things change very, very quickly. You know, your it can be hospitality can in particular can be a very stressful environment, as you well know. But to be able to take that and transform that and, and work with that and still have a smile on your face and still, you know, the customer doesn't see that, you know, the, the gas is gone in the kitchen or the water's <laughs> leaking or there's something, you know. Yeah, which only ever um, happens on a Saturday night. A Saturday night of, you know, Valentine's weekend or something like that. <laughs> it's or, the or, usual, yeah. The same as for you in photography then. You know, the it's, it's supposed to be the, for the weddings, it's supposed to be the best day of, you know, a couple's lives and, and you have to make sure no matter what happens, your battery has died or something something else happens that you just roll with it and, and get on with it, I presume, you know. Exactly. And then something else I wanted to ask you about was, again, given the broad spectrum of artists that you do work with, is there other issues or other commonalities that you find or common blocks for these creatives to be successful and move forward? Or is there, I suppose, any particular advice that you'd offer for anyone who may be good at being creative as a passion project, but wants to move forward and make it a reality as a business? I suppose, I mean, creative minds in general, um, being creative is always thinking about, you know, wider, big issues or, or things outside of the norm or, or things that mightn't exist, you know, if it's terms of from an innovation point of view or, you know, again, from an artist's point of view, they're thinking visually, conceptually. And sometimes that's hard then to, to tie down into the, the practicalities. So I always think, you know, kind of have your, you have your idea, whether it's a, whether, as I said, from an artist's point of view or whether it's a, a startup, creative startup, um, and really kind of go, what is it I'm doing? And who is, who's my audience and how do I reach them? So rather than trying to, um, have a kind of a scattergun approach from a, from a marketing point of view, because you know, look, you as, as, as a business person, you don't have 12 hours a day, of a day dedicated to market your business so you think very very strategic and go like how much time do i have and what's the best way to to access the audience or reach my audience um so i'd say the same thing for for artists i'd always say to artists is go look make sure you have your 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 basics ready your let's say if you're you're working off instagram or facebook or all of these things right have your have your contact details ready have your bio ready and just make yourself easily uh, contactable for for people and 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 kind of connect with people as well. I mean, I think the other thing. I mean, I know I, I did say about you know the Irish people of kind of the the brute grudgery, but there's the the flip side of that with with creative people are very creative people generally are very supportive. So um, I mean, reach out and and kind of get it. If you don't have a community, build that community and reach out to other creative people that have done similar before you or are currently on the same trajectory or on the same path to kind of setting up and starting out. But I, but I always find people are, people are really receptive and, you know, you'd, you'd, I, I still to this day, I still bounce ideas off, uh, you know, peers in, 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 in similar, similar positions or, uh, people that have gone on the same path or maybe working in, in different industries and, um, it, you'd be amazed by just asking questions and and asking for advice from people what you get back, uh, but also obviously offer that advice back to to other. Well, people. It has to be a two way street, yeah. And this is about respect as well. In, in terms of, I mean, I know you mentioned the your the photography side of things. The expectation, I'm sure, it has happened uh, where people kind of go, oh, "It's only a couple of photographs. Can you take a few shots for us?" Um, and I suppose it's about. Um, creative, creative people understand how long it takes them to, to do a job or to 
to do it right. And it is about kind of, I suppose, having that respect for other creative people as well. So it's kind of that support structure. So don't expect if a photographer can do it in, you know, a shot, a quick shot in five, five, five minutes, you know, um, and, and vice versa, you know. Uh, that's a common theme we found talking with people on the show so far is that a lot of creatives struggle to find any sense of how to value their time and also how to mm. convey to people why their price may be a certain point because it's based on not just the product but what it took to make that product be it a piece of art or or a photograph or whatever it may be you know well you're paying for you're paying for knowledge essentially and whether that's knowledge from a very much a formal uh, learning background i mean you go into your gp or you know dentist or solicitor um and you don't really question it they they hand you over a bill and you don't question that bill and you don't question why the fee is as high as it is um and it's because we have this we have the system in place in society that we respect okay well that solicitor that barrister has had to train for the last seven years or six seven years or whatever the case may but be. but you think for that situation stuff. it's it's that it's more clearly definable for people they can easily associate with and understand the structure that they went through whereas they may have no understanding or concept of how long it may take for someone to have even self-taught themselves to a point that they're yeah. and but i don't know is that on the end of because i mean i'm sure uh, you know, as as a business person, when you've you've paid fees for uh, solicitors or, or barristers or accountants, you've gone, oh, really? Probably <laughs> uh, none of your current uh, solicitors, barristers, or, or uh, accountants. We better not say that, or mine for that. Um, but you know, so it's but but I think there's just this. It's more of a societal thing, and and the kind of the the, the, the those professionals have gone right. I've done this training. This is what I'm going to charge. Um, creative people might might not be as confident in that sense going this is the value of my work but you do have to value it. and and a lot of the time when you actually work out um you might might know from again from from the work that you do when you actually work out the amount of time and effort you might put into a project from going from a to to, to b when you actually work that out in hours in terms of answering emails taking phone calls emails back and forth before you even work on the project when you break that down actually into an hourly rate, a lot of the time it's a, it, it can be very, very low when you when you look at it in that sense. So that's why you have to pitch you have to pitch your, your price point, as it were, at, you know, to, to cover that and, and, yeah. and to cover your your expertise. I mean, like any other, you are an expert in, in what you do or, or a professional in what you do, and creatives have to do the very, very same thing and not be shy about it. And you pitch a, a I've done it many, many times where I've um you know, sent out someone to last for a quotation and you've sent it out and say it's too high and say, that's fine. That's, that's okay. But this is the value that I put on my work. Thankfully, more often than not, people go, that's fine. You know, this is, we're buying a service from you and, and, and we're willing to pay for it. We don't have that skills in-house. So you, you just get on with it. Um, I think that's a common problem in many creative industries though, where because people have no sense of how to price things, they often underprice themselves and are willing to get paid less in order to get the work. Which then, as a whole, you know, affects the industry. But I suppose it's an industry that's impossible to regulate, whatever it may be. But I think yeah. sometimes creators are willing to trade off, you know, a realistic and livable wage for the sense of being happy at what they're doing. But surely it should be a case yeah. that both are attainable. Yeah, exactly. And and I suppose it, it's it's that, and you'd often, particularly from when people are starting out as well, it's going kind to of go, oh well, and that most famous line of getting exposure. 
but exposure, ah, yes, the exposure. exposure yeah you know, that, you know that famous currency that uh, we're all offered um uh, uh, and i'm still i have i actually recently in the last couple of days i got an email i won't say who it was obviously but uh yeah i got an email going you know it's it's, it's amazing how business that value my 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 standard response that's fine well i'll take your product and you know it'll be great for exposure that i'm going to use your service and not pay you <laughs> yeah, it's it, funny how it I mean, then works back the way huh no, it doesn't work back the way. And you just, you, you have to value, you have to value your time and, and put a value, you, you put a value on your time. Um, and that hasn't, that's not the actual, as, as kind of mentioned earlier on, it's not like you as a photographer, it's not about the costing isn't about, you know, if it's a wedding photographer, we've been there from 10 to three and not, not taking into account your travel there, all of the editing that you're going to do. Um, all of the meetings, the back and forth, the emails, the phone calls, you know, and, and also all of the ongoing training because, you know, you're constantly upskilling. I'm constantly upskilling. Um, we're in industries. When you're in a creative industry, you are constantly upskilling. It's not a static environment. Um, and it, it can't be. And it's not because if you remain static, if you don't upskill, someone else is going to take over and pass you by. So, so all of this has to be bundled into the, your value proposition and and what you how you value yourself as as an artist or as a creative person. Solid advice. Uh, mm. So just to get back a little bit to talking about yourself, uh, the field that you found yourself in at the moment at the particular role, was this something you had wanted to move towards or was it a more organic kind of process from your own background yeah. and interests? I kind of went, I, I've had, the way I said, I've had three phases of career so far. Uh Initially, with my background, I would have started in retail, um, in, in a manage, in a managerial side of things. Um, so I found that, I find that interesting, as we said, mentioned earlier on about customer service and, and, and customer focus and learning all of that and, and learning kind of the parts of people and really, really good grounding. But I found that I was more interested in actually how to sell the, how the products were sold or how the product products were pitched. Uh, rather than the actual selling, um, while I was able to sell, I enjoyed kind of looking into, you know, how we could sell it better, how we could make it better and, or how you could, again, I suppose, not that I knew at the time, but it was really about that story about like, what's, what's the story of this product and how do we, you know, share that story. And second phase then would have been working in hospitality and again in, in various areas. And I kind of got into, got into more marketing uh, side of things and marketing roles and would have worked a lot with creative people all the way through anyway, would have contact with, uh, and I suppose being, being from Galway, you're tripping over amazing creative people. It's a city and, and a county full of, full of creative people, which is great. But my interest would have been, would have had, would have a huge interest in the kind of cultural side of things. So I would have worked on a number of projects with the likes of the Galway Art Centre and, um, youth collective that they the redbird youth collective there they worked on tolka and and kind of would have done a lot of voluntary work with with organizations as well in terms of giving back time and yeah so i suppose i've i've kind of veered towards then working within the arts and, and cultural sector and that's where i have been for the last six years um both in venues and working freelance as consultant as well just circling back to a point you made there about how go is such a creative and cultural city do you find that the supports are in place there within Galway for people doing their own thing or is a sense of that 
strength of the culture in Galway is so prominent that it's almost expected that people will find that themselves? Yeah, I, th- I, I think more the latter. Uh, I think there is this, there is a great, there's a vibrant, you know, arts and cultural scene and a, a creative and an innovative scene as well. Um, and I kind of link all them together because there's innovation in terms of uh, product and design, but in terms of support structures, a lot of the time it can be lip service and I think for, for businesses it's, it's always a thing right, you know, every, everywhere for, for startups or people starting out in careers or starting out in, in, and maybe starting a business. It's the support structures mightn't necessarily be there. Um, I think there could be a lot done. I think, um, Go in particular, obviously rents are very, very high and rates are high. Well, the definite um, lack of venues in my mind for non-traditional Actually, that's an unfair term to use. Maybe not non-traditional, but there's definitely a lack of venues for emerging artists or for alternative work to be easily brought to market or shown to a wider audience. Absolutely, and and I would have I would have hoped, and obviously it, it hasn't happened yet. But um, the, the legacy from from 2020, you'd hope that that would be something that will come out of it. That there is, you know, hubs available there for um, for kind of creative people to use and, and to use, I mean, I know obviously um, a lot of the, the, the big banks have set up their own little kind of startup pubs and, and kind of incubator spaces and hot desk, desk spaces. Um, Which to be fair has worked out quite well and I do know a lot of people who have made good use of those. And and they're, and they're great. Um, I suppose there's a lack of kind of more of a bigger space in terms of studio spaces for people. So, I mean, studio space is very, very hard to get. Um, there is obviously 126 in Galway from an artist's point of view. There's uh, Engage. There's a lot of collectives there and there. But if you look at that over the last 10 years, they've had to move on numerous occasions because of rents going up, rates or whatever the case may be. So I think in terms of support structure, I think um, now this is going down a whole political <laughs> <laughs> But I think maybe looking at how how um, buildings are zoned or areas are zoned, so there should have to be space provided um, for startups, for creative. Uh, I know we've, we're kind of talking broadly in terms of creativity, but um, spaces there that allow people to develop, allow people experiment, allow people uh, think creatively and, and think because the last thing we want to be doing, I mean, we're building... Plenty of, plenty of restaurants, plenty of bars, you know, the, the food scene has come on leaps and bounds. Uh, the drink scene has come on leaps and bounds as well in terms of bars and coffee shops and restaurants. But we're, we're, we're not, we're, we're not establishing, um, a space there for, for creative people. And, and obviously when, when the economy starts bouncing back, as it has done, thankfully in Galway, that just pushes out, pushes rents up, that pushes out the, the capabilities and the availability for, um, creative people and for small startups to get up and running and that's that's kind of shameful really that that, that continues to happen on a six especially basis. given in a, a city that prides itself on a, an arts culture you know that's it i mean we sell it we we sell ourselves as as a as a city of city of arts and um you know i suppose the money you know big businesses are happy to take money and big brands are happy to to row in behind the arts and culture in galway um, when it suits, but when it comes to then actually um, providing and making space for these artists to create and, and to flourish, it's uh, it's not there. But hopefully, as I said, hopefully the legacy of 2020 uh, will be that, that there will be those spaces there and it'll become part and parcel of 
city and county county uh, council policy. Well, I do often think that if people could see how successful, I've always had this concept that there's so many businesses that are paying rent 24-7 and yet only making use of the space for the narrow remit of whatever it is that they may do. Like one of the things we want to do where we are in Treebark is have a bit of an open door policy of having events and letting creatives and artists come in. It's just madness to me that you wouldn't embrace other uses within Absolutely. the space that you might have. No, and that's 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 completely valid point. I mean, you look at, uh, as you say, office, maybe office spaces. You look at spaces like that where, um, you know, they're they're in at eight o'clock in the morning. They're gone at four o'clock or five o'clock. There's a whole section of the day and, and night that's there that is sitting laying idle and, and weekends as well. And really, and that's not just offices. There's shops. There's other businesses, and I think that. It's great to see the likes of yourselves doing that, embracing that. But there should be supports there available to do that and to incentivize a business like yourself to go, look, you know, give a punt on this art group coming in to use your space for, you know, a Friday evening or a Monday evening or whatever the case may be. You know, you have rates there. Is there something that can happen in terms of reduced rates? Is there any other incentives that could be there from a county council or city council basis? Um, and it's not, that's not to knock them. That's just, you know, I think it's, there's potential there. Um, so it's not, it's not I think there just the has to be a, a willingness to think outside the box a little. Cause even when I sometimes say that to people, it seems like such a alien concept to them. It takes a bit of explanation, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, and it's, you know, you, you were talking earlier on about kind of getting, building that, that, uh, that kind of circle around yourself or that kind of support structure when, you know, if you're, get advice from other creative people or other people within the industry, you, you pay it forward and you pay it back. And I think that's the same kind of concept you have for your business that if you're, you know, getting people in to share the space, you would hope that they would support your business and they'd support the other businesses that you work with. So your suppliers, you know, you've um, fantastic. And I hear you fantastic chocolate from your latest podcast. Uh, yes. Yes, I managed to get a, a bit of a sample of that last night from from Kelly and Patrick. It was particularly good. Yeah, so I mean, you, you'd hope that by sharing your space with other people, that they would support your suppliers, like Kelly and Patrick, like you know the the coffee guys, you know, and 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 that's that's kind of it's it's happening across Europe, and Ireland hasn't really embraced that that concept or that idea. But you'd hope it would. But but there should be, I think there should be incentives there for businesses to do so. So perhaps you might be able to tell us a little bit about what resources you might recommend for emerging artists or where they could look online or even within your own remit of what you do, what perhaps you might recommend for them to start off with. Yeah, I think that, I mean, there's, there's plenty of really, really good resources out there. And I suppose the, the, the worry is that you get bogged down in, you know, reading two reams and reams of stuff. I think, you know, it's it's always... To, to get yourself set up, it can be very, very cost effective. So, I mean, the simple thing of getting WordPress site set up or Tumblr or, or any of these, uh, web-based clients, get yourself set up. There's obviously all of your, your, your various social media accounts is very, very straightforward to set up. Um, but really it's about kind of, I suppose, ident identifying the first thing I would be, be saying to someone is sit down and go, right, what is your, what is your value proposition? What is your story? What is it you want to, let's say, sell? But, but what what is it you want to convey? And once you have that, then it's easy enough to to lay out where you're going. Um, in terms of of other resources, there's some really really good. Um, there's 
uh, Thrive, which is a UK-based uh, website that has a lot of stuff for artists and, and creative people in terms of kind of getting marketing plans set up, um, getting kind of, obviously the, the big thing is making sure, sure yourself and your GDPR are compliant, and that's a whole area in itself. My four um, favorite letters as a photographer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, so there is, like the Arts Council in Ireland have, obviously have a website, they have a lot of information on, on kind of grants and, and other stuff like that. But I think uh, the UK kind of sends, tends to be ahead of it. Uh, there's arts audiences in the UK as well. Another another um, organization, they have a great website, loads of information on it there. But I think, I think the big thing is really looking at looking at people within your own industry or within the industry you want to get into. And I say that industry in a in the broadest sense, you know, artists mightn't necessarily see themselves being in an industry, but they are creative people. And and you know, meet up with people, go to or events. There's some great events. A lot of a lot of the big organizations and companies have kind of open door events. You have. I think uh, what you talked about earlier on about volunteering with different groups, the likes of what you'd mentioned, like the Tulka Group and so forth in Galway, would probably be a great. Uh, starting point, I would imagine. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we there's there's two sides to the, as I said, the value proposition in terms of volunteering is is vastly vastly different than doing work for free. Um, so you know, when you're volunteering, you're getting something back from it, and the organization is getting something back from it, and you generally you would be volunteering for uh, organizations that are not non non profit. Are not for profit and they're very limited resources anyway. So, you know, that's completely different than to what we were talking about earlier on, where businesses, uh, offer you the, the luxury of, of doing work for free for them, uh, for, oh, for yeah. exposure. For that uh, sweet, sweet exposure. I'd always say that to people is, you know, I would rather, um, you know, I would rather see people volunteering and, and do some, and work that way or work with smaller organizations and startups rather and to get your if you if and you actively engaging within the community i guess as opposed to just doing something for a business that could probably afford to pay you anyways yeah absolutely i mean and and the community generally creative community pays back in the sense of if you're good at what you do you uh you you get get referrals or, or get other other work out of it vast majority of the work that i do freelance and consultancy base is uh referral based and it's, it's based work with organizations or individuals and i i'll get a phone call saying such and such mentioned your name would you be interested in doing this and and you know that as you know you'd, you'd find yourself I'm, I'm sure with the photography side of things is is oh, referral referral is powerful yeah which is and website and have your information available so people oh, can yeah, check have it the basic structure in place at least yeah. Uh, yeah anything in particular so that you're working at the moment or any events or projects that you're looking forward to this year that you might want to give a quick mention to um so i'm working on a few different things at the moment uh in my full-time day-to-day role i am looking forward to uh, obviously based on carlo um and in galway as well but i am working on the carlo arts festival which is a, which is a big event down there um, I am also working with doing a number of different uh, events with uh, Visual Arts Artists Ireland, and I'm working on small another number, another number of small projects which I can't mention now, but uh, I will in the not too distant future. Um, so it's exciting, really, really good stuff. Um, and as I said, it's great. It's, it's always buried. Uh, no, no two days are the same. Never mind weeks. So uh, 
it's it's good in that sense, you know. And hopefully yeah. having some great coffee and chocolate over the weekend in a fantastic cafe and and uh, outlet in Moy Cullen, I think I hear it is. Yes, yes. So we're looking forward to having you visit. And uh, I always throw some links in the show notes, but for anyone who might want to find out more about yourself or maybe get in touch even with you directly, perhaps you might want to give them a few details about how to find you. Yeah, uh, it's a hard one. It's a long one. EricHenleyFlanagan.com or Twitter, Facebook, all of those, all of the same. You can blame my parents for the long, uh, long journey. (laughs) Right. That's definitely one of the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, and I am one of the only, I am the only one with that name, so it uh, makes it easier from a marketing and a sales point of view. <laughs> so as long as our listeners can spell it, they should be able to find you. True, that's true. Well, Eric, thank you very much for your insight into that. Uh, I think we have lots more, perhaps, to learn from you in the future, and we may even get you back for another episode if you're up for that. Absolutely delighted, and I look forward to listening to more podcasts from the, from the show. And keep up the good work, Jeff. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay, folks, that's the end of today's episode. We were doing a bit of a remote recording for the first time, so I hope the quality was okay for you. We'll talk to you soon and listen to us again on the next episode of Creative Voices. Thanks for listening to Creative Voices. This podcast is sponsored by Treebark Store and produced by P3B Photography. For more information, find us on Instagram, treebark.store, or at P3B underscore photos. You can visit our website, treebarkstore.com or p3bphotography.com. Thanks again and catch you on the next episode.